Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? Yes, I am. Listen to the story now. Well, this story takes us to the ocean. Sure does. Dangerous. Uh, um, The Atlantic Ocean. You're so dangerous. The Poseidon is the largest ocean liner ever. Bigger than the Queen Elizabeth and the Queen Mary combined. The ship is, it is bigger full- than the Titanic? Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh. The ship is full of passengers celebrating New Year's Eve. Just after New Year is rung in, the captain spots a tidal wave. A huge tidal wave. That was a big wave. That's a big ass wave. Big ass. I was gonna say a big ass wave. Get out of my head, ma. The Poseidon Adventure. It was released on December 12, 1972. Do you know that Travels with My Aunt was released December 17th, 1972? Whoa. Wow. Yes. So the particulars, Ma. Well, bear with me. This is new for me. So we are <clears throat> going to do the my kind of particulars. Can we say why you're doing your kind of particulars? So <laughs> two and- of the three of us thought we were podcasting our normal time, like normal day. I don't know. Teeny, did you know we were podcasting today? No. The- <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Because we just you did say Sunday through Tuesday going to the beach. And oh, next weekend, we thought I thought it was next weekend. I did too. And next weekend, you will be at the beach. No. Okay. Yeah. I okay. No, we said we weren't going to podcast this week. No, we weren't going to. I was under the impression we weren't going to podcast next week because she was going to the beach next week. So it's just that's just funny. <laughs> anyway, and, and either so way, else. we all got mixed up. We all got mixed up. And somebody, our wires got crossed. All our wires got crossed. And we're like, And oh. two of us hadn't even finished the movie when we were having this conversation at 2 p.m., 3 p.m. this afternoon. Mm-hmm. One of them that was, was more. You, I, finished the, I finished the film, but I usually do... This is when I do my homework is on, on sat, Saturday evenings. And then when I get tired of it and want to relax, then I do the rest on Sunday morning. And I was on, oh, my God, I'm on deadline. I got to get home and I got to. So I lovingly offered to do the particulars for you. Mm-hmm. Since um, it's obvious two thirds of this podcast that it was my mistake that we're podcasting tonight. Well, so this wasn't fair. Yeah. No, he said that. This is this. I will just say that there is a lot of confusion when it comes to you. And what week you're going to the beach? And <laughs> there is reason. Well, that yes. everyone is always is is very There's, skeptical. But now that you said that, you did say because then Aaron was like, "We're not going to podcast three weeks in a row." And then I remember saying, "There's a weekend in between when she's going to be gone and when I'm going to be gone." So yes, but I think we thought we weren't going to podcast when you were the week you were at the beach. Okay, so it was three of us after. A- a podcast about um oh 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 the uh what's his uh, what the killing the killings and we had had our cocktails and we 
all thought we were communicating and um we just communicate just not after that right right and so we all walked away with a different um thing in our head and that's okay look how we came together now like like voltron and ma will form the head oh now we're in trouble okay so as previously stated it was released on december 13th 1972 we are doing the poseidon adventure (laughs) yeah i said december 12th (laughs) what oh okay well some people probably saw it on the 13th a lot probably good new year's movie i guess yeah oh Yeah. yeah great christmas time movie it was released by 20th Century Fox, Warner Brothers, and Seven Arts. Do you oh, ever uh, do that? Oh. Okay. <laughs> the director. Oh, this this movie won one Oscar. It had five total wins during the um, you know contest part of the year when all the films are pitted against each other, and it had 13 nominations for both of those. Thir- okay. Thir- do you love it? I, I'm sorry, Ma. She's talking about the contest part, not the Oscars. Oh, okay. The contests. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Because okay. I couldn't think of the word. Okay. It was directed by, well, there are two directors' names, but the main one, Ronald Niami and Irvin, Irwin Allen. Um. Okay. Erwin Allen is the producer. <laughs> well, he was also listed as a director. I think right now I am getting some love from some <laughs> of our listeners, and they're realizing what I go through every week. Okay, so the um, the director also had done Great Expectations in 1946 and Golden Salamander in 1950. I remember having to read Great Expectations, and that was yeah. the most boring book. I spark notes the shit out of that. Yeah, I I didn't is, do well with that, that one. Dickens? I yeah. tell you. Oh. Uh, we have the writers were Paul Gallico, Sterling Siliphant, and Wendell Mayers. Um, I think Paul Gallico had written the book. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And then it was adapted for a screenplay. He had he also wrote The Pride of the Yankees oh. in 42. Sterling Silliphant also wrote In the Heat of the Night. That name sounded familiar. And The Towering Inferno. Oh. After this, because this started some uh, disaster movies. Later, disaster just, it's not a movie, it's it's our present situation in Washington. Wendell Mayers also wrote Anatomy of a Murder and Death Wish. Oh, oh. oh there we go. Okay, starring <clears throat> Mr. French Connection himself, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman was also in Hoosiers and Mississippi Burning and so much more. Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters is known for her relationships in Hollywood to include relationships with William Holden. We have done him. 
not as Shirley did, but we have had them in the film before. Sean Connery, Burt Lancaster, oh, Errol Flynn, even who, before my time, but who didn't have Errol Flynn from what well, I hear? What right. You know, there's a famous story of him. Um, Marlon Brando. Errol Flynn playing the piano with um, little Errol Flynn, as we should say, although little might not be appropriate in his case. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And he At was a able party. to have that much control. Mm-hmm. Wow. Talented man. And Marlon Brando, as well as others. She did win two Oscars. One for um, supporting actress in Diary of Anne Frank, and one for oh. supporting actress in A Patch of Blue, which, which we did. Carol Lindley was the singer. Mm. Uh, she started out as a child model. She was in so much stuff in the seventies. Mm. Uh, they said she was often portraying the blonde next door gone bad. So you. Mm. she was also in the light in the forest holiday for lovers and return to paint the place erin said she does movies that she's heard of before uh, most of these other than paint place i hadn't heard ernest borgnine we have done before Mm -hmm. he was in marty in the movie mikhail's navy the dirty dozen Mm-hmm. Was he in? What was he in the dirty? He was yeah. Of, oh, he was in, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. He was what? Officer. He was oh. one of the officers. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. in the combat. He was in the the room with the whiskey. Mm-hmm. He was the one that knew what they were up to when they were playing those war games. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad with actors. And he was Please also in. Playing. Do you have the other one that he was in that we've already done? I have Airwolf here because as an ode to you. Well, he was also in Willard, remember? Oh, yeah. yeah was the boss. Yeah, I didn't even see it in the uh, in his um, IMBD. <laughs> or IMDB. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> what is it really? IMDB. Hmm? It, it really is IMDB. I thought I transposed you know you did I, you did thank you because i'm <laughs> dyslexic are we going to make fun of our dyslexic friends well no. be fun. see i told you ernest borgnine uh served in the well he he served and he was able to get out and then pearl harbor happened and he signed up again and he was on the uss Sylph, which was like a yacht. I like, oh, sure. But actually, it was made into an anti submarine warfare ship. Oh. So he served the entire war on that. Oh, and good. he was a lifelong Republican. Back when he was a Republican, maybe that wasn't such a bad thing. Okay. We have Red Buttons plays James, the haberdasher. Um, he His had... name is Red Buttons? Yeah. Red Buttons. Like, don't push the red button. Mm-hmm. His parents named him that? I don't think so. Oh. 
Um, he was born Aaron Chawat, C-H-W-A-T-T. Okay, I see why he went with red buttons. Mm-hmm. He won an Oscar and a Golden Globe supporting role for the 1957 movie Sayonara. Which we, I almost picked to do that movie. He was also in, he was in lots. They shoot horses, don't they? You know, from last week's. Harlow, who Carol Lindley played Harlow in Harlow. And Pete's Dragon, as well as other things. I always, I just always remember hearing the name Red Buttons because it's not a name that you forget. And then right. I was looking, I was like, that's just Red. But I always figured him as, like, he he also did stand up, right? Because I thought of him more as like a as a comedian. Well, well, there's Red Skelton. Oh, yeah, and I easily confuse them. Hmm, interesting. I think you're thinking of Red Skelton. He was a comedian. Well, it says he was also a, an American actor and comedian. Oh, she's reading her cliff notes. <laughs> uh, Pamela Sue Anderson was the sister. She's Pam known... Anderson? No, Pamela Sue Martin. Did I say Anderson? You did say Pamela Sue Anderson. I was not meant for this job. Pamela Sue Martin was the sister of the annoying little boy. Um, she's known for her role as Nancy Drew. What? Oh, and she looked familiar. She was also in the ending years of Dynasty. Oh. Mm-hmm. When Rock Hudson was in it? Wait, was that? Yeah, Rock Hudson was in the was in Dynasty, right? He came back before he died, and he was wow. was that Look Linda that. Evans? Oh well, I watched the Rock Hudson documentary last week. <laughs> It's on oh. Max. Well, I'd, evidently I had stopped watching. Actually, we went to Germany, and that's why I stopped watching it, probably. I don't know. Moving on to Stella Stevens. She was Ernest Borgnine's wife. Mm-hmm. She was also in The Nutty Professor, Girls, Girls, Girls with Elvis. She was in a ton of stuff and always a sexpot type character. Mm. Lastly, I mean, there are a lot of other people on the boat, but I'm just mm-hmm. going with the ones that we traveled with mm-hmm. through the innards of the boat ship. Jack Albertson. Jack Albertson, uh, I knew him from Chico and the Man. Nothing controversial about that. And uh, he was in Willy Wonka. He was that's the grandfather of Willy Wonka. Oh, I was like, that's, yeah. that's Willy Wonka's grandpa. Yeah. He, he had done vaudeville, burlesque, and Broadway. So, those... And we have a cameo playing the captain before he would go on to be famous for comedy Oops. and spoofs. We have <laughs> Leslie Nielsen we as did. the captain. We did. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so that was perfect for him to go then and be, you know, like the captain on the airplane for airplay in the disaster movie and and the the naked gun films. Yes. Man. Well, now let me set the table. Sick of my voice, aren't you? Yeah, they're, they're always sick of my voice. Now it's yours. 
<clears throat> do excuse me. The movie starts with a large ship in the ocean. It was really a little tiny one in a bathtub or something. <laughs> that, those were not the best FX. Um, okay. In route from New York City to Athens, we meet a group of passengers. The weather is awful and three-fourths of the passengers are seasick. This is the Poseidon, and it has new owners doing nefarious new ownership, making the <laughs> ship top-heavy. The captain hears of a sub-sea earthquake. Uh-oh, that's not good. I didn't even know that could happen. Mm, what? Oh, yeah. Could go. I mean, I guess I did. Whoa. I just never thought about it. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I mean anybody who knows anything about the Poseidon adventure. And if you don't, it's okay. Cause you were probably I born did in it. a totally different era. I was born in a different era. I was born in the Titanic era. <laughs> Titanic, the movie, not Titanic. The <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. I, I was going to help out as soon as I stopped laughing. <laughs> Very good. Yes. And as Christine said, we saw Titanic, so we've pretty much seen this movie, right? Um, yeah, but like this was like, if Titanic had been this, it would have been only one VHS instead of two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. They just cut out all the nonsense. Exactly. Cut out Kate and Leo in the carriage in the... They cut out... I'm but then the every world. teenager would not want to go see it. That's true. It's Although true. I would have, I like multiple times. Okay, so we are to POC. I saw a woman of Indian descent in Southeast Asian India, and I uh, the the Jewish couple. Yeah, I counted the Jewish couple, and I counted. I had to. I had to get real. I had to pause and get real close, but I'm like. There were, I think there was one black couple at the New Year's oh. Eve party. Well, I, now, I saw I saw a woman's back and I was like, that's a black lady. Yes. And, then, and then like later on in the back, I was like, I spy with my little eye. I believe that's a black man. Now, I thought I saw a black man until he turned around. And then you were like, I think I thought I saw that. Mm-hmm. But then later... I, I was like, because also you have to think it's 1972. They're not going right. to, there's not going to be a black woman Willing without a black. Well, I was, I was going, okay. I'm sorry. I mean, the whole, the, re- the whole reason why that you really didn't see that many is because again, we're on a boat and. You know, a, su- a surprising number of people of color enjoy cruises now. Yeah, they cruise. Yeah, I guess so. Not of this, not in this corridor, not in this family. We don't do uh, cruises. And you consider they're going from New York to Athens. Athens. So they're going to go around um, uh, Africa. And so, I mean, that's the route that used to be taken a lot when people didn't want to go to the United States from Africa. I mean, you got all of that, but I was going, my angle was, it's 1972, there's not going to be a black woman without a black man, because then what would happen? Then the, <gasps> you're going to, it would be an interracial couple, and you know that that's a no-go. That would so be you, legal. 
So you know that if, if there had to be, and then I was like, ah, there it is. Because I was like, who is she paired up with then? Although mm-hmm. the the South Asian woman was free and easy. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know that she was easy. That uh, that was that was a that was a saying um, that maybe <laughs> but loose and fancy free, loose and foot loose and fancy free. Mm-hmm. She did not, not seem to be encumbered with a partner. Mm-hmm. Other people of color. Oh, that was it. So I yeah. Got... Yeah. My guy who I was sure had an afro turned around and it was, um, remember, it was 72. It was 70s so hair. Dudes, dudes hairstyles. I mean, there weren't products for dudes at the time. Uh, so I mean, they kind of it... went with what they got. And he looked like... Um, um, he looked like an Italian American. Yeah, Gene Hackman, his hair exhibit A. Yes. Okay, about a cast. Okay, does anybody have cast? Because I do. Take it away. Oh, I don't. I'm I'm tuckered out. (laughs) You did an inhale. All right. So in the 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 boat flips over. Gene Hackman's like, we gotta get to the top. There's a giant Christmas tree. They have to climb it, and he looks around and sees a little boy, and he says, "I need a monkey." Now, at that moment, I knew where I was going in cast <laughs> because I made that mistake exactly one time when I was six or seven years old and I was referring to my brother's climbing ability and I swiftly learned that there are two Americas and I learned why I am never to say such a thing again. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, professional writer Whitney Elise in a Medium article went ahead and explained where explained what was explained to me because um that's just a thing that some people just call their kids and you hear it a lot and if it ever gets pointed out ooh they do not like that they do not like being told that that's a that's problematic well, wasn't there just a retailer there's always by the name of h&m who like four years ago yeah well they had like a t-shirt a little black boy wearing the Mm t-shirt but you hear it so and it it it's one of those things that i i don't i don't like say anything but anytime that i hear it and it's mostly white parents calling their little kids monkeys it always it, no, you no, you are the one that told me, that explained to me these things that I'm about to explain to the listening audience. And I was like, oh, shit. And now every time I hear them talk about it, I'm like, oh, wow, must be nice to Americas. Because every time I hear, I'm reminded that I can't say such a thing, no matter my intent, because. So where does this come from? Why can you not? call people of color monkeys and apes here's why this is from a medium article by whitney elise 
there's a wide variety a wide variety of great apes in Africa. So if so many if there's so many on the continent, then the people living there must be close, right? There's also the aesthetic difference between white people and black people. The differences, though, are always um, coming from the white perspective, which harps on the otherness. And this otherness was viewed not as diversity, as one would see in many other species of the same race, but as deviant or worse in a way. Then you have the higher esteem that's generally given to European civilizations versus African civilizations. And above all, you have the global trauma of hundreds of years of chattel slavery in modernity, which embedded into the global consciousness those of black skin as perpetual subhumans. So then this was reinforced, all of these theories you know, that I listed above, it was reinforced in 1859 when Charles Darwin came out with his theory of evolution called On the Origins of Species. And that was used to further justify this rationale. And this rationale goes like this, quote, if we all came from apes and there were more apes on the continent of Africa than anywhere else, and the people living there sort of resemble apes, then surely they are the first forms of human evolution. They are the first forms of evolution from apes. White people who look so different and lived in places where there were no apes, but only other humans must be evolutionarily superior oh, than those wow. on the continent of Africa because they are so evolution because they are so evolutionarily close to apes they must be less human than those of european descent and thus more animal like so people took that and then that they're like yo that's science right there so now we can use science yeah. to dehumanize black people and why would you want to dehumanize black people well when you reduce people when you dehumanize people you reduce them to objects. And this systematic dehumanization, um, she gives the example, she said, look, if I look at you and your family as I would look at a chair set at a thrift store, but I only need one chair, it is easy for me to break up the set by only taking one of you and not feel guilty that I'm destroying a family because it's a chair. You just need one chair, you're at a thrift store. Mm -hmm. You just take the chair. It's You're not breaking object. up a family. Exactly. It's an object. So that supports it because the view of black people as animals, as less than human, as you might say, three-fifths of a human. Where do I get that fraction from? The United States Constitution. No big deal. Um, that makes it easier to enslave people for free labor that you can build new civilizations upon it makes it easy to rape for pleasure and also rape to create more property it makes it easier to lynch people or i'm sorry you don't think they're people lynching for sport so it's a way of seeing black people as not human and therefore not affirming as such so anytime white people call their kids monkeys, 
I'm reminded of that, even though they, oh, there, when I was Googling this, there are so many things of, no, no, it is not racist. It is not racist to call my, my children monkeys. It is, I'm not, I'm talking about how they were climbing. And you go ahead and call your little kids monkeys because you don't mean anything by it. But there's two Americas. And I learned that the hard way at six or seven years old and never forgot it and never will. And that's just, that's just the two Americas thing. It was wild. There was this article that it was a white, uh, white uh, mom, I think it was in England and she was on the playground and she called her biracial son a monkey on the playground. And a black woman came up to her and was like, what are you doing? And then the mom got really, um, upset because she was like no i'm not, what are you talking about i'm not being yeah. racist i can call my my child whatever i want to and all that and it, it was just it's just really wild like oh man no yeah. like you can't and so that's that's why i always get my my it annoys me so much and i can't do anything about it because people would be like no but that's not my intent but it just reminds me of something that some people other some people can do and that i can't wow. do and I learned that at a very young age because my brother was very good at climbing. And it was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> there are two Americas and you need to come up with a more creative way of saying that your brother is great at climbing. What Look at the little up? spider go. What did you come up with? <laughs> I don't know. I probably just cried. And <laughs> She said, I'll never talk about it again. Howard Cosell called a, uh, a football player a little monkey. I believe in 1985 and that was the end of his let me see here it is oh no that's not it um well I re yeah he got in trouble for it but it's just like I just I just hear it all of the time and it's just one of these things that that people be like but that's not how I mean it and I know and it's that like it's one of those things that like for all the white parents that like okay maybe you don't mean it but like it's one of those things that like look read the like but yeah right. somebody else hears it like maybe that's affecting so, like it's not it's right your picture and like being globally aware and yeah but they but i don't think that they even think of it like that you know right. like that's, that's why they say so that's what they yeah. yeah and like of course they're gonna be defensive they're just like they're like oh you know it's when somebody calls you out on something you're gonna be defensive mm -hmm. But that's that's just the luxury of cast that exactly yeah exactly yeah. that was my point. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just just wild. As soon as you said I little need yeah. a little monkey, I was just like oh, flashback. Oh, you. Oh. <laughs> oh. I hope I was gentle with. No, me. you were like you did a fantastic job, but you made sure that that I knew that not to do that. That was not an okay thing to do, and that you may hear other people around you saying that wildly and freely, but you are not to do that. You are not to. That does not apply to you, and there's a reason why because it dehumanizes black people. And you and you didn't go into like rape for pleasure and all of that in your explanation of it. You well, did a very age yeah, you did a very <laughs> age appropriate uh, history lesson of yeah. This is one of those like there's two Americas. You can't do we. What what do you want from me? Like this is the world we live in. You don't do that. It's disrespectful. Okay. Wow. I was woke. 
Um, we are to nerd alerts. I don't have any. I, I got some. Teeny, do you have any? I have one that I can do after the what went on that year, I guess. Oh, okay. I just have like a, yeah, a fun but, one. Like an add-on? Okay, cool. So the top five films, number five was Jeremiah Johnson. Mm-hmm. Number four was... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's with um, um, Robert Redford, mm-hmm. and he and he's a mountain man. Mm-hmm. Um, we have number four was Deliverance. That was your first date, no? Yes, it was. Have you seen? Have we? Have you done the movie on this? No, we haven't. I yet. wonder. I wonder how some? it's edited. I wonder if it's still. That's I hope it's not edited. Still in there. It's probably not even as bad as as you remember. That'd be kind of hard. Okay. Oh, so we have Deliverance. We have What's Up Doc, which was a Bogdanovich. With, yeah, and uh, Ryan O'Neal. That's right. It's a. Vi- I want to do. I've seen it. It's very over the top comedy. What's like, What's Up Doc? It's Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill, and they're in a Peter Bogdanovich film, and it's very, it's, it's almost like their version, like the '70s version of Bringing Up Baby, if I remember. Oh, of like fun. of screwball. It's like very screwball, very out there. You're either gonna like be in on it, or you're gonna be like, this is atrocious. Okay. Mm. So that you have to be in the right frame of mind. Yeah, like Barbara Streisand is going hard in the paint. Like comedy wise, she's just going for it. Um, and then number two, we have the Poseidon Adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the number one film was The Godfather. Oh, um, I mean, what are you gonna yeah. do? Mm-hmm. Although on Wikipedia, I read that the Poseidon Adventure was the top. You know what? I don't know, cause the this the Poseidon Adventure was the top film of 1973, so maybe this mm-hmm. was 1972 top films, and like it just mm-hmm. kept going, you know, had the Titanic effect, if you will. The Oscars, Best Picture nominees, Sounder, mm-hmm. The Emigrants, mm-hmm, Deliverance, Cabaret. And The Godfather was the winner. Oh, yeah. So, what's going on in 1972? We have, do you have this teeny? The RMS Queen Elizabeth catches fire and sinks in Hong Hong Kong's Victoria Harbor. Just hold on and let all of that colonization wash over you. (laughs) Was anyone on it or did it just sink in the harbor? It caught fire and it sank. I don't know if anybody was on Sounds it. Sounds like probably not. Okay. Yeah. Um, 1972. It's funny because you're, you're talking about how now it's we live in such a disaster. But keep in mind, 1972, five White House operatives were arrested for breaking into the offices of the Democratic National Committee at the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C., and they would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for a black security guard being good at his job. That's right. That's right. They weren't counting on that. No. And apparently that wasn't the first 
attempted break-in. Apparently. So, I guess 1972 is the year that White House Plumbers on HBO Max takes place. Mm -hmm. Which, if you're at all interested in how we got to where we got, check out that. It, it, It is a comedy, but... It's got Woody Harrelson and what's the other guy? He's re- he's G. Gordon Liddy and Justin, he's really good. Justin Thoreau. Uh-huh. So check it, that not out. Not as you are expecting to see Justin Thoreau either. Nope. We have in Supreme Court news, Eisenstadt versus Bard rules that unmarried people have the right to access contraception on the same basis as married couples. No, Let's see not. how long oh, that lasts. Yeah. 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 Those were the good old days. <laughs> well, in Vietnam news, mm-hmm. 1972, <laughs> you're like, oh, the disaster. What, what a disaster. 1972, Vietnam, three allies, Australia, New Zealand, and Thailand. Peace out. <laughs> They're like, we are done with this exactly. fiasco. It's been going on way too long. Way too long. Meanwhile, the U.S. continues to participate in combat, although it's mostly air-powered, which means they're just bombing shit. Um, and then they are also taking part in peace agreement negotiations in Paris and figuring out how to withdraw, withdraw strategies. So And still be able to keep all well. that money I made. Mm-hmm. 1972, Munich, the Summer Olympics. Yes. yes, but 11 Israeli athletes are murdered by a terrorist group called Black September. Five of the terrorists and one policeman are also killed in a failed hostage rescue that I believe all like unfolded on television, right, Ma? Well, I. Mm, probably, but I was in college then, so television wasn't an option for me. Yeah, I so that was like why. I mean, it's the Olympics. Can you imagine Olympics and eleven Israeli athletes. Because we not... didn't have TVs in our dorm rooms. I mean, we were medialists. And, and you were in your dorm room just a studying away. <laughs> Seventy-two. Someone was in the in the mountains in the hollers in the mountains and in the hollers looking for that moonshine. Oh, <laughs> um, in 1972 in November, so it's all it's all crazy because Nixon goes down for for this whole break in and the cover up, breaking into the Democratic committee, you know, because he wants to get reelected. That was the whole thing. In November, he defeats George McGovern. In a landslide win. Yes. Like, it was insane no, how he, much he McGovern won. McGovern only won his home state. I think he won in D.C., I think. I think he yes. got three electoral votes. Yeah. Out of yeah. the 200 and whatever. Landslide. Interestingly enough, in the lowest turnout since 1948, only 55% of the electorate voted. 55 and it was a landslide. Did you vote, Ma? Yeah, yes, that was my first um my yeah. first time I could vote. Nice. I voted for McGovern. McGovern was going to end the war. Because That's why if, nobody voted for him. If you're wondering about like, yeah, what happened with the Supreme Court and all that? This is where like the plan is starting to take effect. 
it, it's not this isn't a new thing like it goes back to 72 it goes back before then but interestingly enough a week after nixon defeats george mcgovern in a landslide where only 55 percent of the population decided to vote that were able to um a week later the dow jones industrial average closes above a thousand for the first time yep coincidence i think not exactly so teeny what else happened in 72 well this has nothing to do with 1972 my bad this has to do with our that good old new year's eve song old lang syne old old lang syne because i've never really looked into it i feel like or i probably have but i'm sure it's on new year's eve after midnight right and you don't remember that. that exactly um, so there's a Vox article by Matthew Iglesias. Uh, and it says, you know, you know this, you hear this song and you think New Year's. Did you know it's a Scottish song? It's an 18th century Scot- Scottish song. Your people. My people. Who knew? Um, so it's not in english and apparently like so i couldn't read all it like apparently english and scott like this 18th century scottish doesn't it doesn't like translate no did, have you ever watched any outlander yeah i, was I gonna have say, no there's idea like, what that man is talking about and there's a lot of beef right like you like with england and scotland didn't they oh, yeah. like fight wars and shit <laughs> yeah probably um, but it's basically, it's a bunch of rhetorical questions. Oh. Should old acquaintance be forgot Sometimes. and never thought upon? <laughs> Just, who knows? The flames of love extinguished and fully passed gone. Is thy sweetheart now grown so cold, that loving breast of thine, that thou canst never once reflect on old lang syne, on old lang syne? Basically, we have a series of rhetorical questions, all amounting to the point that unless you're dead inside, you should be able to appreciate the virtues of reconnecting with old friends and thinking about old times. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, this was written in Scottish Gaelic. Mm-hmm. That's related to Irish and Welsh, but rarely spoken. Sounds like mm. it's kind of like Latin. Mm. Like you don't really speak it anymore. But there is also what is known as the Scots language, which has clear similarities to English without truly being intelligible to English speakers. And much Mm. the way that Italian and Spanish are similar, but distinct languages. Hmm. Um, So the phrase odd lang syne is not recognizable to English speakers because it's not an English phrase. Translated literally, it means old long since, but the meaning is more like old times or the olden days. Happens to be the case that the phrase should old, A-U-L-D, acquaintance be forgot is very similar in both English and Scots. Mm. Um, Conventionally, only the first verse and the chorus are sung. So the difference between the languages is not very salient except for the unfamiliar titular phase. Um, The second verse, 
is and Shirley Yeel Y E apostrophe L L. Oh my God! I'm, I'm sorry. I'm reading this, and the ad is why the Titanic didn't have enough lifeboats. It's for a video. Um, <laughs> and surely you'll be your pint stoop. P I N pint dash S T O U P. And surely I'll be mine, and we'll take a cup of kindness yet. There's a lot of apostrophes. Like the yeah. Scots loved apostrophes for old lang syne. Um, so it's basically saying that, sure, I'll buy you a pint and I'll buy, you'll buy a pint and I'll buy a pint and we'll drink to the good old days. And the next verse we hear about how we two have run about the slopes and picked the daisies fine. Old friends who haven't seen each other in a while are meeting up again, having a drink and reminiscing. Um, and, and then apparently... So I like that idea about that song. That's a fun mm -hmm. time. You know? I do too. Um, apparently New Year's is a really big deal in Scotland. Um. So that's kind of the reason that it's a random Scottish folk song that's come to mean, you know, be synonymous with New Year's celebrations. And in Scotland, it's known as Hogmanay. Um, Christmas, historically Christmas was not observed as a festival mm -hmm. and Hogmanay was the more traditional celebration in Scotland because the Scottish Reformation brought to power followers of a Calvinist branch of Protestant Christianity known as Presbyterians who didn't really care for Christmas. They were just like, we don't, we don't mm. like Christmas. And I'm sure there's more than that. Indeed, in 1640, the Scottish Parliament went so far as to abolish Christmas vacation <gasps> and all observation thereof, citing its <gasps> roots in superstitious observation. When, <laughs> that's how it's spelled. They, they threw some Spanish in there. Yeah. <laughs> when theologically similar Puritans briefly ruled England as a result of the English Civil War, they also attempted to suppress all Christmas celebration. Wow. But Presbyterianism put down deeper roots in Scotland, leading Hogmanay to displace Christmas as the number one midwinter celebration. So. Wow. That certainly turned around by the time I came around. Mm -hmm. And wow. then. Money! Yeah, that was in 1620. Um, <laughs> not too far from when you came around, but, you know. <laughs> you set me up. Um Canadian band leader Guy Lombardo made Auld Lang Syne an institution from 1929 <laughs> A big band yep. act led by Lombardo, a Canadian whose parents immigrated from Italy. And by the mid-70s, his broadcast began to face serious competition from Dick Clark's... That's right. New Year's Eve. Now it's rocking. Get out of here, position big to band. attract younger viewers and emphasize the rock element to contrast with the Royal... I mean, Royal Canadians and rock on New Year's Eve, which are you going to go for? Um, they're big band tunes, but for decades, Lombardo owned December 31st, even earning the nickname Mr. New Year's Eve. And every single year, he played Auld Lang Syne to ring in the new year. He, yep. didn't invent the, he didn't write the song or invent the tradition. 
Um, but he turned it from a tradition into, this says he turned it from a tradition into the tradition. The tradition. Oh. And then this thing says it could be worse. In Sweden, people celebrate Christmas by watching Donald Duck cartoons. How is that worse? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then because of the influence of American movies and television shows on pop culture around the world, conventional depictions of people ringing in the new year to Auld Lang Syne were beamed into living rooms globally. An 18th century Scottish ballad thus became a mid-century American television ritual and from there became a worldwide phenomenon, even though almost nobody understands the song. <laughs> Guys, this song, it's all about vibes. Yeah, it truly is. It's just a song about vibes. And you're like, ah, the game is exactly. Yeah. There you oh, go. Now that we're all singing old Lang Syne in our heads, we are to negative reheatable. Now, when that little boy is climbing up the steps to get to the captain I went oh he gonna die and then I realized no he's the one who's gonna make it out because he is bratty bratty um red button James whatever still had his bow tie on now in the 70s those were velvet and they were big those bow ties he still had it on when they were going out to meet their rescuers. Look good, play good. That's what they say. Oh, wouldn't you have taken that sucker off? No, he, he, needs, he needs to be able to do physical encounters, so he needs to feel his best. <laughs> yeah, I would have, but we'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> okay. Um, oddly, um, that those are my only negatives. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, well, I wrote down napkin hats because that's what they looked like they were wearing for New Year's. But there are, like in Europe, those in England and, and um, Ireland, when you see pictures, they put those on at um, New Year's and sometimes at like Christmas them. too. I know. I, and, and then you have hat hair. Even though it's just paper, but it's gonna mess up your hair. I also uh, I wrote down quitters. Ah, uh, yes, I knew. I had. Did you write down that quote? Because I did. I was like, that's a teeny quote. I don't know what was it. No, I didn't. Which what is it? When it was Gene Hackman, he's the Reverend, and he says that God wants winners, no quitters. Oh yeah. And I, and then the priest later on is like, but who's, I think God wants every, like, what about the people who can't for themselves? Yeah, the there's a different in quitting. I don't know. Like, you're not going to try. You're just not going to try. I mean, you, like Kenny Rogers. She did. redeemed herself afterwards. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yeah. But as but, far as quitters, you got to know when to fold them. Yeah. You know? Like, I wouldn't want to, if, if we were in that situation, and we all know, I'm not making it out. But you're not going to try? I I don't want to be the one that causes See? you guys to, to, 
just go. I'll, I'll try do the on best your own. Like you yeah. go and I'll, I'll right. behind. I'll do the best I can, but don't stay back here thinking you're going to save me. Yeah, see, this is what I've lived with, Teeny. Cruises. <laughs> I know this was not a cruise, but. Oh, God. But yeah, but I think it kind of was because it was a luxury cruise liner. So I guess. Yeah, I guess you it's know. a cruise to get to a destination. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Not just a cruise to be in the water to come back. Yeah. And you still want to go on one. Okay. Nope. Pre-pandemic, well, but. Those things are pe- like, and I was and in it's a not even. It's just like I've seen. They just don't look nice, either. My my issue is one. I have too much respect for the ocean. I'll get on a boat. Yeah, yeah that's the issue. But it, it, it's got to be like a ferry type situation. So you know, France to England. You know, go out Staten Island. Maybe oh, you yeah, know, ferry is nice. Ferry, Ferries that type of nice. situation. Trans cr- going across an ocean. No, you especially know, with the orcas some, these days. Yes, and also just the ocean. Have some respect mm-hmm. for the laws of physics out there. I don't know. I Last summer, I went through, and I believe I talked about it on this podcast, I got fascinated by the Drake Passage, mm-hmm. which is um, between Antarctica and the bottom of South America. And to this day, there w- that will just fuck up. Give us your best mm-hmm. ship. You thought we will fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. That's just the ocean being the ocean. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more do you need to know? Ocean gonna ocean. And what's this mama orca's name? Gladys? I don't even know, but just respect. There's one orca who's teaching all the other orcas how to sink ships. And, and how to... Excuse oh, me. have you not heard about the orcas? Yeah, you ever heard. Oh my god! Wait, so there's also, a couple things going on. I, this is gonna be this is gonna show my age, and it's probably gonna be problematic. But I do have to look it up because I have this question, and it's gonna part of my ignorance. But since when did they become orcas, and not the name that I knew growing killer up? Whales. I knew them as killer whales. Well, that's no. because that's not um, politically correct. But. Right. We but use scientific it, terms for things but now. Yeah. Given, well, that's very. I mean. But it's not all orcas. Well. <laughs> and I'm just saying. So there's a couple things happening. out here not doing that. It's the whales, formerly known as killer whales, out here killing shit. Well, so <laughs> there's two things happening. One, they've learned how to puncture sharks. And get the insides out rather than having to like destroy the sharks. So there's like one shark, like and they're orcas are teaching each other how to do this. Then there's been like I know that at least five, but probably upwards of ten or more attacks by orcas on ships. And there's one orca, I think her name is Gladys. Um uh, Attack orca name. Um, and we believe that she was harmed by a human or something, and now she's out for revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, Where does she live? You guys know there's that movie, right? White Gladys. White Gladys. So, <laughs> okay, so this is... This because is we ABC all know who 7. Black Gladys is. <laughs> okay, but Aaron, this is... 
the title of this article is Killer Whales are in Coordinated Attacks. Thank you. So they're still using it. Um, and this is in just in May, six orcas arrived, two adults, very big, four smaller ones, both rudders destroyed and blocked, boat to be hauled off later, later this week. Um, then there was a nighttime strike when a Swiss yacht named Champagne, which was sailing mm-hmm. through the Strait of Gibraltar, was attacked by three orcas. They struck its rudder, eventually sinking it. Oh At least God. 15 human to orca incidents were recorded in 2020. This is the year in which the aggressive encounters are believed to have begun. Many of these attacks, including orcas biting or striking the rudders of sailboats. Um, scientists said spikes in aggression may have been started by female orca whom scientists have named White Gladys. White Gladys is believed to have suffered a critical moment of agony, such as a boat collision, which inflicted trauma on the orca, triggered a behavioral switch that other killer whales have learned to imitate. Oh my God. And more than 500 interaction events recorded since 2020. There are three sunken ships. Um, they have sophisticated learning abilities. Yeah, and imitation they're extremely is, smart. Yeah, and imitation is particularly significant. So I'm not fucking around in any ocean. There was five shark attacks mm-hmm. on Long Island last week. They got drones mm-hmm. out there yep. looking for sharks. Yeah. This is really big. The I'm ocean is a big fuck around and find out. And we know someone who used to work for our company... Their daughter was bit by a shark in Orlando like two weeks ago and had to get 50 stitches. Oh, I'm sorry. Florida, see? Yeah, Florida. So, yeah, fuck around with the ocean. That's my question, though. Titanic. Mm -hmm. Was anyone eaten by an orca or a shark or was the water too warm? Uh, no, it wouldn't have been too warm. It would have been right? Really the water was cold. cold. Well, so then I saw a thing about a shark attack on the... Shark Week is now Shark Month. Oh, nice. There was like this shark somewhere in Florida or somewhere that they were like, this is weird. Great whites don't like warm water. I'm wondering yep. if global warming has something to do with and their evolution. Them. Right, exactly. And the... You know, you know, a movie that I saw that I was not expecting to like as much as I did and keep thinking about was that second really? Avatar. No, oh, the that's second. That's what Adam said, too. Yeah, because there's a whole thing about, um, I don't know, because it, there's different species, but like the the whale type creatures in, in that. And that just, it has just haunted me. Yes. That I'm film, sorry. Orca the killer whale exists? Yes. Poppy showed it to me as a little kid. Oh, we we watch watched that. it a whole bunch of times. Every time that it was on. That's why I am like the least surprised person of all of this. I, It was like it the has nine per, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no, but that, that, it's a Poppy movie special, man. Every time he was like, yo, you got to watch this. And oh, I it would. had Richard Harris in it. Yes. Ooh, and Charlotte Rampling. I'm telling you. And Bo Derek. I sound like Poppy. I'm telling y'all. Yeah, that's why all this. That's why it was funny to me because I knew like Orca, but they were always called the killer whale. And as a kid, I was like, oh, killer whales, killer whales. And everybody's like, oh, Orca. But to me, Orca was like Cujo. You know, like it's yeah. it's the name of the the bad thing, the monster, if you will. 
And the killer whale is just like, that's just a name that it happens to be. But now it's everything's all upside down. Mm. So okay. Do, do you have more oh. negatives? Yeah, it's me. That's what we're doing. <laughs> well, that brings me to my next negative of the deep blue sea. Whew. Negative for me, positive for all those creatures that live down there. I've also been really into free diving videos. They're very scary. Oh, really? Are you talking about the ones where they they go down with the weights and they like hold their breath? Yeah. Yeah. I got into that. A one girl can hold her. Well, there's a couple versions. Some of them you can use a weight and some of them you can't. Some of them yeah. you have to just slow down because once you get a certain meters down, your body has negative buoyancy and it just starts going down on its own. And she can hold her breath for six minutes. But then coming up, you have to be careful because of the bends. The bends. Um, Okay, and then my next negative is, should they not have just made this about the Titanic and then they could have... I feel like it was a a rights thing. Mm. And then it would be a period piece. Mm -hmm. And that's more money. Okay. They were they were probably just like just hold on. James Cameron's gonna come and he's gonna. I just thought it it. would have been a way to make it more successful, but it sounds like it was successful. It was was extremely. Because it was the first one. It was the first of the. Okay. Well, then my other, my other. No, never mind. Positive, positive. Oh, nice. Those are all of mine. Thank you. Mine is. Why the fuck are you sailing from New York to Athens? I know that's and then I thought, exist. Right, but then I was thinking like, but wait, am I the weird one for thinking that flying through the air in a metal tube is well. safer than being the ocean? And then I looked it up and it is. In a 2017 travel and leisure article by Elizabeth Press, it cited a 2014 study that pointed out that in 2014, there were 444 aviation-related deaths versus 848.1 million passengers. So there was like a very little risk. But then it also mentioned that while aviation is, it it is slightly safer, like boat is also like a little risk. And then it goes to railroad. And then the thing that we all do. A car is the... Dangerous it's the worst. Dangerous of them all. You have a one in a hundred fourteen chance of dying in a motor vehicle crash, which those are crazy odds if you really think That's about too high. it. And if you and so they're like, why are so many people afraid of? Because I was just at the eye doctor. My eye doctor was like, I don't like to fly. It's um this thing called risk perception. Because mm-hmm. airplane disasters and boat disasters, those get bigger media coverage. Mm-hmm. So there's it's they're bigger deals. Whereas like every day, sadly, like every minute, basically, somebody dies in a car accident. Um, and then also research shows that people are more likely to feel anxious when facing an uncontrollable or involuntary threat. So. Mm-hmm. People getting on a plane, you're giving up control to the pilot and the flight crew and all of that. And that, to me, I'm just like, I trust science and Jesus take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Better him than me. She than me. Yeah, exactly. 
um, my next negative reheatable. Oh, when they said those magic words, the last voyage. You just that's a that's a mm-hmm. no. I'm a, wait, what? Excuse me, no. I don't want to know that a plane is about to be decommissioned. I don't no. want to know like none of that. You keep all of that from me. Uh, my next one is corporate bottom lines over people's lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much like the Titanic. Titanic a lot. Yo, what the fuck? Sending your children on a voyage that far alone? Yeah. Just fly them. Obviously, you have money, but obviously, you don't care about your kids. <laughs> obviously, well, you want to time away. Boy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would have been a nervous wreck if you had sent me and I had to take care of Adam. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because he would not be taken care of. No. He would not be taken care of. Look at this. See? Can you imagine? Teeny, I want you to imagine going in. I'm sorry. You don't know what she was just saying then. You can't hear that, right, Adam? Okay. Oh, that That's, was perfect timing. He just sauntered in the background doing a little dance like he's up to no good. Exactly. Nefarious Adam. Yeah, I thought that he heard it, and that's why he walked by. No, no he that's didn't hear it. That's how bad he is. Teeny. Imagine you're in Europe in a place that everywhere you look is just little glass figurines. See, look Mm -hmm. at him. Little glass figurines. And you're told to watch your brother and make sure he doesn't touch anything. Oh, I was a lot. Well, listen, I've got a feeling you and I were a lot different as older sisters because the words shut up, Alex, were used frequently. I wasn't allowed to say such things. Oh, no. Shut up, Alex. Stop it. Alex, yeah, no, we were not. He was not touching anything under my under my care. If I even touched him, he would automatically burst into like anime tears, flying out of his face, crying that I abused him, and I'm just trying to keep us both alive. (laughs) That's my job because he's bad. It's it for somehow it's on me. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Man, okay, so this one starts out as a good reheatable. When I call him Lieutenant Dick because he was a lieutenant detective. So, Lieutenant Dick, that was the Ernest Borgnine character. He married a sex worker, mm-hmm. Linda, his wife, Linda. But then it's bad because you find out that he arrested her six times. <laughs> so, they were kind of. Yeah, I have a quote about it. He said, I had to figure out some way to keep you off the streets until you married me. I was just like, oh. And then he got his panties in a twist when she had to take off her dress to, I'm sorry, survive? Yeah. (laughs) Well, but did she? (laughs) It just reminds me of the whole, like, Kiki Palmer situation (laughs) that... That was going on this week in the uh, internets. Oh, man. Just policing what women can wear. It's mm-hmm. still going on. Uh-oh. Undersea earthquake. I was like, I heard that. I was like, I know that undersea earthquakes cause tsunamis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, you know, the wild thing is I live in the valley, but I have a friend who lives in Marina Del Rey. And when I go to visit him, There'll be billboards about 
Tsunami, do you have your plan in place? And I was just oh, like, wow. Oh, man. I am uh, I am thankful for this death basin I live in. <laughs> I see that. Jeez, that's one less thing I need to worry about. The When they go into the boiler room mm-hmm. and it's all the bodies. But I was like, wouldn't it be super smoky? And also, wouldn't it smell really bad? Well, or... Would it smell kind of good? Now, Aaron, don't you go, <laughs> don't you go yellow jackets on me. Um, because of the water, I don't know. Now, the, there were a lot of explosions underwater that I wondered about the science. Yeah, yeah. that happened. I, but but like now, when when she fell down into the burning pit. <laughs> That he eventually fell into. Now that I would think would um, would not smell good. Well, yeah, just the, the smoke. I just thought that he really went. I thought like your lungs and stuff. I mm-hmm. I just didn't really you know. But it's again, it's a disaster film. Science is kind of exactly. Out the oh man, the fat shaming. Yeah, oh, yeah. And also the. Like the the self talk of her because she wasn't mm-hmm. that fat at all, but just the whole way that we like look. And we had to keep going, it. you know. It had to keep going. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah. So that that was a tough look, man. The Reverend being sent to Africa as punishment cast. Mm-hmm. And also, those people don't need your colonizer religion. No, exactly. I'm very curious about African religions, actually. Like, what, what are y'all up to? What, what do y'all think? Because I, I got down with Jesus's, you know, golden rule, do unto others. That was my big takeaway. Apparently, a lot of people just bypass that. So I'm, I'm kind of curious as to the other things, you know? What, what were they I, doing for all of these other centuries before? I'm wondering if they're very similar to the indigenous people of America. Or maybe I think I'm interested in the the where all of all of the religions converge into the into the sameness. That's what mm-hmm. I always like mm-hmm. of all the things that, that the are middle of the Venn diagram. Exactly. Because I think there's probably that's the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um how do they know that no one else survived? They were just like, yeah, it's just us. And there was that yeah. whole pilgrimage. And then they're like, you're dead there. And we don't know. Like, right. just they assumed. could have had an air pocket somewhere. Exactly. Or they could have been like, oh, shit. They were right. All that's water. Move, beep, beep, beep. Back it up. Back it up. Oh, oh, it was just a real, like, yeah, just let's get out of here. It's just us. Except that it kept filling with water every level they went, and those people were going the opposite way, and that was down in the water. So you would figure there might have been some air pockets, but I don't think that, I mean, how were the rescuers going to be able to get to them? But there was such a long line that I would think the person in the back, like the last two people might have been like, oh, yo, oh, that's okay. Let's, uh, yeah. Or how about you go that way, I'll go this way, we meet back up in, and five minutes? How do you know how long five minutes is? 
in that situation, it's going to be about 10 seconds and you're going to think it's been five minutes. Well, that's mm -hmm. when they have the, what was the watch that takes a lick in and takes a lick in and keeps well, they on ticking. Time X's. Yeah, the Timexes. Oh. We got the Timexes. And then finally, this was pointed out in one of the articles that I read and I didn't, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of who, it, but basically this wasn't from my brain, but it was pointed out that the female characters are never in a scene without a male chaperone. Mm, wow. So 72. And it was all and they're always prone to hysterics. Whenever like the times mm -hmm. got tough, they would go get hysterical. So those were my negative reheatables. Yeah, each one had her own turn at being hysterical. But it it seems like a lot of the men had their own hysteric moment as well. They did. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. it's not going to, in the 70s, it's not going to play as they're being no. hysterical, they're being men. Exactly, macho. Yeah, it's a it's a um, alpha male situation, two alpha mm -hmm. males fighting. Okay, positives. I mean, how fortuitous that she had shorts under that skirt. Last time I wore shirt, shorts under a skirt was when I was in elementary school and we'd play on the bars. Oh, oh. Mm -hmm. that's very common around here. Or were they shorts or were those the her like panties were those mm -hmm. that cut? They no, that was that was shorts. Oh, okay. You're yeah. bike shorts. Okay. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of bike shorts. Love them. The suspense. Because mm. I was even going, oh, how long is it going to take? Who's going to make it? Um, wow, Shelly Winters did a beautiful dive. Mm -hmm. for someone who cannot dive. Uh, thank goodness for 70s chunky heels. Stilettos would not have cut it. Uh, I know. At first I was like, maybe she should take her shoes off. But then I was like, no, that's actually perfect. Exactly. Hot metal or um, pieces of stuff sticking up. Um I thought the special effects for 1972 were pretty good. I did too. And the kid comes around to not being so annoying. He he does know it all and he does pretty much save mm -hmm. them. So there's that. <laughs> I had Auld Lang Syne. I like oh. the song. Mm-hmm. Being drunk in a shipwreck. If I'm going to be in a shipwreck, please let me be drunk. Uh, what was it? Uh, the, the baker on the Titanic. That's why he's yeah. drunk. Mm -hmm. Except that she was drinking whatever brandy, and then she's the one that got shook off the ladder. And that um. probably helped set her on fire a little better. Um, <laughs> There's a fire in my belly. Movies about the deep blue sea. Mm -hmm. I like that. It scares mm -hmm. me. I liked the, I thought when she did have to take off the dress and then had to get the oversized button down, that's a very in look style right now. Uh -huh. That's, it's always been an in it's style. That's like a timeless. That. Yeah. It's timeless. It's just embarrassing if you put on um, your partner's shirt and it fits like it fits your partner. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's not oh, all bad. Oh, you, you have me. to roll the sleeves up, but 
the hips are a touch tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we take this out a bit? <laughs> and then, although uncredited, I believe James Cameron may have taken influence by some of these scenes. Mm. Yeah, I'll bet. I believe mm-hmm. that. When they're looking down the hallway and the water's coming in. Mm-hmm. That was very Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, is that it? Mm-hmm. I have, so just when you were talking, you were thinking of how rinky dinky that the boat was in the bathtub. And mm-hmm. I was sitting here thinking, my God, I could, the Vikings just set off onto in the ocean. And then I like, I looked it up. And according to Dr. Dennis Stanford of the Smithsonian Institute, Stone Age Europeans were the first transatlantic sailors. 18,000 years ago in tiny boats made of animal skin. Oh, wow. What? But then he says, he sees, he points it out because everybody's saying like, oh, the Vi- it was the Vikings. And he was like, wait a second. But he also points out that the sea level at that time was much lower. So mm. the edges of the continents would have extended out. And he also said they probably went up north and it was like closer and then came down. And when there was a storm, we just camp out on the ice and then come down. And he's, he said that modern Native Americans possess DNA similar to Asians, but they also, because of, you know, the Bering Strait that it was said that that, that, that was a land bridge and came it down. It was all attached at one time. Right. But this is, this is like, I don't, the evolutionary, you know, process and stuff. So that's why like the indigenous people and stuff that has similar DNA to Asians, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they also carry some variants that are only found in European people. Mm-hmm. And those See? variants would come before Vikings. So he says that humans learned to sail 50,000 years ago. Mm. And evidence of this is because, like you were saying, you know, land bridges, but there was never a land bridge to Australia. And mankind settled in Australia when it was not linked by any land bridge. So they could only get to Australia by boat. Wow. Those were brave people. Can you imagine? Having no idea what they were going off into. I mean, I think of like the, like even in the 1600s of just Uh how nuts it, like I think it's nuts now to get on a boat and go across the ocean. But you're like a Viking and then you're telling me that like, oh no, way before that it was people just in. And there, and he goes on to talk about, um, there's a specific kind of boat that like the people in Spain used and that was very similar to the same kind of boat that an indigenous tribe used mm-hmm. so there's he's kind of like shaking things up saying no there's maybe the Native Americans are more Iberian than Siberian mm-hmm. so there's kind of <clears throat> that going on but it's just nuts and it's basically like christopher columbus go fuck yourself yeah i mean honestly (laughs) that's just nuts i thought that gene hackman's reverend reminded me a lot of the chaplain that we had in germany chaplain with chaplain kurd kurd 
He, you just, okay, yes, with his message and, and his delivery and his, stuff. Yeah, and being yeah. like very just he his his whole get down and demeanor was so much like Gene Hackman's in this film. Contrast that to the so in Germany there was the one church and in the morning the like nine AM was the Catholics. They would have their mass. And then what, we roll in what ten, and so they and I remember there would be some. And they'd weeks, have to take Jesus off the cross. Yeah, but sometimes they didn't. Like they for they were running yeah. late or something, and they didn't. And so we would just be like they, and it was a like you know the. I would just be staring at it, and be like, "What are these people? Like this is so down and and like it's just." where's the joy in this oh my god it was it was very much it was just very interesting so anyway the priest he was not fond of us children that lived in the neighborhood whereas chaplain curd was like he was almost like like gene hackman meets bill clinton kind of vibes like put on sunglasses and play a saxophone solo this guy just very laid back and he has the sermon that to this day i remember he was just like the tomb was empty and i remember not really even getting it but he just kept saying it and it was just like if anything like bad happens you just remember that like the tomb was empty and it and it's like later in years where I'm like, oh, he's basically saying like this too shall pass and like all of this. Like it was just like super deep, but it was like it was a great sermon because I remember it to this day. And he was he was just very like cool and like, hey, man, like you do you and whatever. So I just he just reminded me of that so much. And I could see like Chaplin Curd being sent to. Yeah, sent because away. he did a a whole sermon on pretty woman, the movie pretty woman. And I remember that was quite controversial because the Protestant service, there was a Catholic service, there was a Jewish service, there was a Protestant service and the Protestants were everybody, all the Protestants, Methodist, Presbyterian, uh, Lutheran, what, you know, Baptist, all of those came together. And the rest. And so yeah. there were some people who were like, oh, that was so inappropriate. But, but to me, it was like, that's how you get, that's how you would get somebody exactly. like me to be like, oh, okay, I, I get this. This mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah. Um, ask ask uh, your husband what he got out of any of that. But he was four years younger than me. Yeah, he was. And I was, a, so he was like a really little kid, you know? All he wanted was to get on the slide for life. Yeah. Just, he just wanted to play. Um, okay. L- when Linda, who is the ex-sex worker, she sees a young officer who looked familiar. I have that the re- quote. That, I, yeah, that reminded me of, I was listening to a podcast, I forget what it was, but it was these comedians, and they were talking about seeing other people and calling them extras in the movie of your life and i had listened to that and then last saturday this that that happened to me i was at this donut this uh like donut breakfasty type shop and i saw this woman and i was looking at her and i'm like why does she look so familiar to me and i thought 
is she an extra in my life? So basically the concept was there, there are these people and it's kind of like, God is like, Oh, whoa, we need an extra get down there from like central <laughs> casting. And you just like kind of see these same people over and over again in different places. But it's, it's this really wild feeling cause you don't know them, but you're like, I've seen their face before. Where do I know them from? And then also being in LA, it's the weird thing of like, well, wait a second. Are they, they, are they, actors or something like should i know this person or is this a weird glitch in the matrix kind of thing so her saying that made, reminded me of that because mm -hmm. it's implied as a joke of like that was a past client of hers but i'm like what if that's just an extra in the movie of her life right this whole movie is an advertisement for the gloriousness that is athleisure <laughs> <laughs> Although you don't really want polyester in a situation where there's fire, because polyester will melt to your skin. I mean, I got I got a lot of like you're gonna tell me those dresses are 100 percent cotton. No, like come on, I I didn't see too many linen suits on the on the party, so. Yeah, I was just like, that's that's why you always wear. I, I I'm just not one of those people when I, I get on an airplane, I gotta have tennis shoes because <laughs> I gotta have tennis shoes and I gotta have my documents on me, <laughs> my personal documents upon my body, so that I I can just get out and go where I needs to go. Oh, oh man, so. When we've done other Ordinus Borgnine films, I've mentioned that he kind of had a reputation for being a yes. ladies' man. Mm -hmm. And when there's this scene where Ordinus Borgnine's character drops into the vat and then he has to pull himself out and his arms and back, and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I see. I see it. I see you. So then I had to go on further inspection because I couldn't let it go. I was so, I was like, that was a nice arm and nice back. What's the situation? Because then I was looking at the the rest of them and I was like, hmm, that doesn't uh, add hmm. up. Yeah. yeah. One of these hmm. things is not like the other. I, I think that might have been a stunt double on further inspection. Oh. Uh, just. There were, there were very few, but there were stunt doubles when it was going to be um, dangerous. Because that, that arm coming up was ripped and chiseled. And then his arm the rest of the time, I'm like, I'm not seeing. I'm not quite seeing what I need to be seeing for that to be the same. <laughs> um, Gene Hackman, his... I kept seeing... He had a, a shoulder. His shoulder was torn, but it was a shoulder cut out. And I kept seeing it as being a cute top. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I was like, right? oh, it's got... Uh, a cold shoulder top. That's what that's yeah. called. Yeah, with the with the '70s turtleneck. Exactly. Did you see I how many just, '70s turtlenecks there were? Yeah, I was just like, oh, that's a cute. And then it kept making me laugh because I was like, no, it's torn. But I'm like, he is. Look at him being fabulous. He is serving <laughs> in that cute top. Um, but then also his performance was really great for what this kind of movie usually is i was like look at this man out here just acting and then in his final scene when he 
he jumps on, and then he's doing the American Ninja Warrior thing. That made me think that the next American Ninja Warrior, they must deliver a sermon while doing their oh, things. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> nice. he was basically preaching while he was on there doing American Ninja Warrior shit. And I was just yeah, like, oh, was. they need to add that in. And honestly... It might go over pretty well with the audience. So <laughs> that's one for free. But my favorite reheatable about this, when I realized this, that's when I just sat back and watched, like, how's this going to go down? Because it starts out, really, if you think about it, as a battle between, well, first you have the purser, the yes. doctor, yes, the reverend, and then the cop, and then the final showdown is the reverend versus a cop. And mm-hmm. I just wanted some popcorn and to sit back and be like, what is this whiteness going to give us? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all need to figure this out. Who's going to win in this death match? The Lord versus law and order. I don't. Because <laughs> there are no people of color here. There is there is a lot going on and I don't even. I wanted That was the one thing that I wanted to dig into deeper to see if anyone else noticed that. But. Maybe it was just me in the peanut gallery. Noticing yeah, there that. you go. That's just us over here watching this, watching on the surface. That's right. That's right. That's what um, our lily whiteness have given us privilege to do. You're just calling your kids monkeys and, and missing our all of this. White, our paper whiteness. Oh, Ma did a re-listen. I did not. Okay. You We're did. Not, okay. Uh, okay. I'll you listen again. Um, if I did, I and that hurt your feelings. I apologize. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you were just speaking the truth. But you are not looking paper white right now. I will just no. say. You have well, a. Well, you know, someone had to spend some time out in the sun this. Advice <laughs> <laughs> you. You were only quite have one more this. month to get my base on until I don't want to be roasted the entire time we're at the beach. That's true. Oh. And I, you I, didn't roast, you know, some parts that other people were roasting out there. So I my hands and feet are problematically darker than the rest of my body. <laughs> and did it, when I take a shower, I am like, I am canceled. I am I look like I am doing a uncomfortable cosplay with my hands and my feet. Hmm. Yeah, it was all because of our our pool day. Well, no, and then well, also the convertible. And in California, it it, it um in the beach, it's still, you know, chilly. It, it's uh like the sun did it come the, out? Tell the whole rest of the country that is absolutely boiling. My I know, but literally like, boiling. like I told Teeny, once it gets to like late august september and october i will be dying yeah. like, i texted aaron this morning and it was for my run it was 84 degrees feels like 150 oh mm-hmm. my god yeah and meanwhile i was on my walk and i i had been sweating and it was i think it was like 65 and cloudy with a wind and i was kind of chilly and i couldn't Ooh. tell Teeny. i think my skin was boiling my hands were were super cold and i'm like i can't tell her this yet no wow i was a little chilly i was like 
legit. Like literally using my pouring water down my body. Mm-hmm. We are to quotables. <clears throat> You can't keep going around all the time being afraid that every guy you bump into is a former customer. Mm. Man, that's a, yeah. There's a lot of dead bodies in there. It's not a pretty sight. (laughs) (laughs) She has this illusion, always thinking she's too fat. Man, if that ain't womanhood for you. Yeah, that really is. You see, Mr. Scott, in the water, I'm a very skinny lady. Mm -hmm. Those are mine. I have... Shelby, the older sister, said, you're going to church services. And the little brother, what was his name? Who knows? Robin. He said, on my vacation... Mm -hmm. (laughs) That would always be me. I will say, that was the one thing I was always glad... Well... Yeah, probably because we were in the car. She never made us go to church on vacation. Oh. At like the beach. And then I have, and why we didn't fly, I'll never know. (laughs) Yeah. I have, who cried for a whole week when they tore down the Third Avenue L? (laughs) Because she was talking, she was saying, also, I forgot to write that down. That was my negative, another negative reheatable. But remember Red Button's character? And he was out mm-hmm. there in his, you know, polyester leisure wear doing his workout. And she was just like, oh, he's lonely. Yeah. And I, I took umbrage with that. Mm-hmm. I was like, this man likes a routine and he likes to work out. Why are you assuming that he is lonely? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Lieutenant Dick said, if it bothered me, I wouldn't have married you. Referring to her previous occupation. And I thought that was kind of sweet. Um, And then the reverend says, God helps those who help themselves. Mm. What about the others? I thought that it was like, I thought everyone was a child of God. Was worthy, yeah. Yeah. I thought the meek shall inherit the earth. Not this meek. <laughs> what if it's Charles Barkley? But they won't get the ball. People got mad. I had that t-shirt. People were mad. They were like, the meek shall inherit the earth? And there was Charles Barkley on the back, and he was like, but they won't get the ball. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. So those were my quotables. Okay. I have written a new um, talking point. What? This is where we're going to stop for Teeny's TikTok corner if she has anything this <gasps> week. I don't think I have anything from my TikTok corner that's come to mind yet. All right. Well, well anytime you, you do. Corner? I mean, does there does it does the TikTok corner have to relate specifically to TikTok? I mean, I have a ton of TikTok corners. <laughs> I, I did actually see one about um the ti- I've been on like Titanic's coming up a lot for me. Mm. You all, we they always talk a lot of shit about how the Titanic didn't have enough lifeboats, mm-hmm. and like it was the Titanic's fault. But they had enough lifeboats for what code required them to have. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they had enough for the um the upper um the upper rooms. <laughs> yeah, for you the if, it's for the cast for the yeah uh, yeah the, yeah. the cast had, that matter. The rich basically. people could get off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
the the rest they would call and they would say i don't mean anything by this but they would but they would not knowing it but the rest they would probably say we don't have any for the monkeys and there's that there was only like one black person and they would be like excuse me what the fuck and they'd be like but it's not racist because we don't mean it like that oh you don't you don't mean you don't have enough lifeboats for us because we're not human so we're not worth having it and then they would say like you don't understand that's not what i said that's not what i mean and that's not what i mean some of my best friends are people of color <laughs> um lvp i have my runner-up is uh ernest borg nine and his you know, assholeness. But my true one is Reverend Scott's yelling. <laughs> All he did was yell. Yeah. But he, if if there ever were a situation where it needed to be yelling, I would but think. But even before that, when he's preaching, he's yelling. No, so he's a yeller. He's, he just, he's a he, yeller. He, he can't um, modulate his voice. Oh, sort of like me on the football field? Yeah. Okay. But he was yelling and you were more of screeching. screeching. I understand that. You were doing a frequency that made dogs go, what is she doing? <laughs> it's true. And I apologize. Uh, but I did love watching my son play football. <laughs> <laughs> he put on quite a show. He did indeed. Okay, other people's L VPs. Mine is traveling by ship. Uh, That's it. It seems really cool in like some of the other movies that we've done from the 30s, and they're just drinking, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then but then when you like forget that down to it, yeah, there's there's oceans, and you know, my mother tells me about my trip to Sweden that I do not remember, thankfully, but apparently I was a baby and I was not fond of the rocking and the rolling oh, of the, it was those waves. The Black Sea, it was awful. It was awful. And your father and grandmother and grandfather were up in the disco dancing their booties off, and you and I were, like, doing everything we could not to throw up everything. It was awful. It was the love boat to Sweden, but truly... Yeah, it wasn't the Black Sea, because the Black Sea is more towards, like, like Russia and stuff. So what were we crossing? The you're, we were crossing this the sea that is between North Sea. Yeah, the North Sea, not the Black Sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and um, let me just say, if I yeah the North Sea um have to go out. I'm sorry. We had a miscommunication. <laughs> I didn't want to take it if it was your last one. Oh, we well, have real love going on here. <laughs> yeah, I'll take one. I had you a beer and you got really confused. I, was... she, I saw her totally confused. Um, might I just say, if I'm going to go out by way of travel, I feel like it's going to be quicker in a plane crash. You than hope. in a boat. <laughs> yeah. You hope you're not children trapped in in, in uh, the Amazon, but luckily, I'd rather be trapped. I'd rather be trapped in the Amazon than in the ocean. Ooh, I don't know. 
Oh, I do hundred percent. Nope. I know see what's coming. Nope. I, that's- yeah. I know. I know that I, it's probably a smarter thing, but I got a phobia that's like, bring on the salty sea. Oh yeah. And no. we will take it from Plus, there. I know that I, you know, I wouldn't last that long in the sea. I'm afraid I might last a little longer in the Amazon for the, the horrible creature and insects and shit to yeah and the excuse me but honestly the humidity well there is that i would just be out based on the humidity it's why i live in california i would just just be a drop of sweat yeah i would just go into a puddle and and then yeah and the mosquitoes would just hold like i would just and then then i got the malaria and then that's just it would just, I, I know just feel because like I'd the rather, ocean yeah. it would be quicker because like if you did okay th- no that's gonna get too graphic no go ahead oh, I already made the human barbecue joke on this podcast so <laughs> I know but it was, it was yeah it was too much um, um okay oh, it's to my LVPs my LVP are the parents of Susan and Robin sending your kids those mm, yeah. ages on that on that voyage but that kid oh, that kid yeah but they hey you're a, a parent you're a, you hey it i don't think there are any direct flights from new york to athens so you would get a break you know you could have a a stopover in paris or something like you could work it out but cuz that's not a long like I feel like this is a thing where people don't really understand maps and geography. Look at New York and look at Athens. Yeah. Like they got to go through <clears throat> Gibraltar. So you got to cross the Atlantic. Then they got to go through the Straits of Gibraltar and pretty much cross all of the Mediterranean Sea, which is not a just little sea. And it's also a sea that, as we tragically see a lot of times, claims a bunch of people so it's not this this tranquil little sea it's it's a legit body of water so that's what they get td have we heard your negative yeah hers was the like, traveling, oh, by traveling by yes ship. yes okay mvp hands down mrs rosen the hands character down. mrs rosen Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, she was great. She was. Except she was a quitter in the beginning. No, except she was the one that made me put quitters. I know. I understand. She had. She, she redeemed had, herself. She was she not had, okay. She wasn't being a quitter. She was being selfless. She yes. had bad self-talk. Yes, that's just, that's just yes. bad self-talk of like. Oh, she was very oh. relatable. She was very relatable. She she had a good heart. She even said good things about the little boy. At that point, he was still nasty. But um, yeah, she um, she just had a good attitude, and uh, and then when she knew she knew she could do it, and she had to get out there and show she had been the swim champion. And she had a very great dying scene. Yes, she did. Yeah, she did. She did. Um, my MVP, the runner-up. I don't know what you're talking about. That little boy was not ever a brat. He was very bright. Yes. And he was nice. He just spoke his mind and then he apologized to Miss Rosen. He did. When he made the comment. Like, and he wasn't around. trying to feel bad. He was just like, yeah, I can lift this weight. 
I look at what I do. Like, right. I'm strong. I thought he was amazing. 10 out of 10. Well done. And then my real MVP though, how is this not a camp class? Like the camp in this movie. <laughs> exactly. Just, like there were moments where it was just hilarious. Yes. Like with them moving throughout, especially between like the little boy and Miss Rosen. I just thought it was like a good camp cult classic. There are a bunch mm-hmm. of good lines and good scenes and good dying. Mm-hmm. And even when you know pretty much what's happening, you might not have seen it. This is the 50 year anniversary coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I was, I was still really into the suspense of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it held up. You did, Ma? Did you mention that Roddy McDowell? He was. I didn't. I, I, there were so many people. Well, it was just because he was in How Green Was My Valley, which we've done, mm-hmm. and he was also in The Longest Day. So those were kind of like, those were two movies that, that we had done. And he was really, like, remember, he was like a child actor in mm-hmm. How Green Was My Valley. Mm-hmm. So I thought, like, seeing him again, I was like, look, it's this guy. Yeah. But that was pretty crazy. So it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. My honorable mention is Linda because she had the quote that you already said, and why we didn't fly, I'll never know. It's you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a yep. woman, she knows. But my real MVP is Robin because without <laughs> him, you know, you yeah. said like he's a brat, but he he, he studied the ship. He was mm-hmm. the one that knew. The, the hole was only an inch thick right. down by the propeller because he had studied that. And he had the self-awareness to apologize in the middle yes. of all of yes. this stuff. Yes. That's like going he was on. thinking about that. And yeah, he but, like, what other little kid would even think? Wow, that could have upset her. Yeah, uh-huh. because I remember when he said it, I'm going like, ooh, that damn, you said that? But because I was... was I wasn't. I was like, that's that's a typical kid his age just saying, I know this information, not at all putting it on her. But then after hearing all the fat talk, then he he reflected and thought, yeah. oh, my God, maybe she thought I meant. Yeah, that. that's not at all what I meant. But yeah. he's doing all of that reflection in the situation that is a very traumatic life and death situation Mm -hmm. and he all of that is going on and he's still able to process like oh wait when i said that i helped my dad reel in a 600 pound swordfish i wasn't meaning like you're a 600 pound i was just like i'm i want to apologize and he didn't do it in the moment it was later i'm when it was in the moment i was i was doing the oh that's not something that you want to say to you know Mm -hmm. just that like cringe thing and then when he said i was like oh my gosh he said that he apologized Mm -hmm. and he's the whole reason that they survived yeah. Cause he, cause he studied, he was such a nerd and he had been in the books and he knew about Broadway. He knew about all the, I mean, it was a little strange that he was, see, this is why his parents are the LVP because like, I mean, hopefully best case scenario, whoever was taking him into the engine room and down through Broadway yeah, was exactly. just being cool, but he was a little unaccompanied boy minor with these sailors Hopefully everything was on the up and up, but that's why the parents are the LVP 
for putting their son in that situation. And he was the one that ended up pretty much saving them. And he also <clears throat> had an awareness of his surroundings because he knew about that, the board, the broad, the, the, the Broadway, the, the Broadway. And he knew about which direction they needed to be going. And But I will say, when he went into the bathroom, I was just like, are you like, are you dumb? Why? Yeah. Like everything's upside down and you have to go to the bathroom. Like just aim somewhere, buddy. Exactly. Like, exactly. oh my God. I, the sister was so I, I felt her pain in that <laughs> moment of <laughs> I will read your ne- <clears throat> if we get out of this alive, I will kill you myself. <laughs> okay, I did not do a recasting. There has there has been a remake of it. Yeah, there were a couple. There's a 2005 TV remake and a 2006 remake called Poseidon. I think it was directed by Wolfgang Peterson and with Kurt Russell, Emmy Rawson, and Richard Dreyfuss. Yes, yes. So, uh, did anyone else do a, a you know, this was, this was, I was on deadline. I didn't have time to do a recasting. I actually wrote down the cast of characters thinking I could think on it, but I couldn't cause we ran out of time. So it is gone with the bushes. After dark. Even your, no, you're still above sea level. Karen, uh, tasties. This was shot in sequence. Mm-hmm. And um, can you imagine having to put those dirty clothes oh, wow. on every day? Oh, I was just thinking about dirty, wet clothes, too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Shelly Winters was 51 years old in this part. I know. Uh, Ernest Borgnine was only three years older, and they acted like she was an old, old lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gained 35 pounds for this role and couldn't ever take that weight back off. Because I always, when I was little and would see Shelly Winter, she was on the heavier side. Mm-hmm. And so going back and seeing the, the other movies when she was younger, and it's just wild how she gained the, like, famously, Robert De Niro gained weight for. Uh, Raging, Raging bull. bull. And you always hear about like Christian Bale gaining weight and losing weight. Like for oh, males. Men. It's usually men. Yeah. Because. And men she, can gain weight and lose weight easier. Yeah. I guess you hear hear about it with like Charlize Theron for monster and stuff. Uh-huh. But it was just. Where was the acclaim for, you know, Shelly Winters? Uh-huh. People were. The misogyny was just like, oh. Uh-huh. You know, she doesn't get any of that acting credit for for doing this. They're just like, oh, look at her. She just let herself go. Hmm. Plus, it, she was 51 in Hollywood in the 70s. Well, so that's they, true. Like, so she was over the, uh-huh. over the hill. Uh, the original script had Reverend Scott rescuing Mrs. Rosen. In the original one, oh. Mrs. Rosen went first. And then Reverend Scott came next and he rescued ah. her. But Gene Hackman said he didn't think that Reverend Scott's balls would let him have Mrs. Rosen go first. Oh, so yeah. So he suggested the reversal. And he wasn't. Hung. Yeah, he wasn't that kind of reverend. Like there are some reverends who 
who would because they would be like, oh, we are equal. Is it? But he was mm-hmm. a very mm-hmm. um, masculine reverend and he would have definitely been like, nope, it's me. <laughs> you, you're you lying. <laughs> I will go. Shut up, woman. Um, Ernest Borgnine's favorite scene was his violent breakdown after Linda falls to her death. Oh. Um, Carol Lindley and Red Buttons, the uh, the singer and the and the uh, bow tie dude, really could not stand each other on the really? set. Really, and they didn't they didn't interact at all unless they were on screen together. But then later they kept hearing about how they had this these bad feelings and and became friends long after Aww. the film was made. That's that's really interesting because. I don't know, like, I don't know much about Red Buttons, but from his persona and his, like, it did it. That, that just seems interesting that they I would know. have those clashes. But you never know what people are going through in the time of their lives and stuff. And then maybe, like, later they're just like, oh, wait, that, oh, it plus they're, I hate to say this, they're actors. So, yeah. Somebody could have maybe not said hello to someone. Well, yeah. that's true. Or somebody's dressing room was bigger than somebody else's. Care okay, but Jack Albertson did not at all enjoy working with Shelley Winters and said that his happiest moment was when she died. Damn. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is. Did you hear that about Shelley Winters? How much of that is? True, and how much it, yeah, and how much of it is just rumor that came comes with her, yeah, or she's a woman in the 70s and she did it like stood up for herself, had uh-huh. the audacity to stand up for herself and to maybe say things that people didn't want to say, or was she not a great person to, exactly. to some people, Both you know, like true. exactly. Well, things can be true. Um, in in the when they are moving the Christmas tree to be able to climb it, um, you hear Ernest Borgnine's character say, "Holy fuck, it's heavy!" <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he said that for real, and they left it in. <laughs> I was just going, "Holy fuck, this is heavy." Those are mine. Do you have any teeny? I don't. I looked up because in some of these they were saying that it was a rogue wave and in some they were saying that it was a tsunami. So I looked up tsunami versus rogue wave mm. and the difference. And a rogue wave is a type of wave with a crest disproportionately higher than the waves around it and it's caused by winds. Oh. And those are super scary because they're and it's in the name. They're just rogue waves. Right. There's <laughs> no reason just, for it. It just yeah. shows up. And they they happen a lot. Well, I was mentioning the Drake Passage. That's why it's so because it, all of the oceans kind of converge mm-hmm. in this very narrow strip, and so you'll get these insane rogue waves. Whereas a tsunami is created by a geological event, such as earthquakes. An mm. underwater earthquake mm-hmm. can can make that happen. Okay, exactly. So this was, pro- it could have been a rogue wave, but it was, since we had heard that there was a underground earthquake, it was probably a tsunami that got oh, okay. them. Oh, that makes sense. Um, 
May Day is the international distress call that came about in 1923, but it was made official in 1948. And it was the idea of Frederick Mockford, who was a senior radio officer in Croyfen Airport in London. Mm. May Day sounds like the French word maeder, which I know that's not <laughs> how that is pronounced. My apologies, Blair. Um, but that word... My dear. Probably Madre? Madre? Mater? Yeah, something like that. It means help me. Mm. Oh. And so that's where like Mayday came from. And so you've heard SOS. SOS is more of a Morse code thing where Mayday is used verbally. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I feel it's almost kind of like a, a bit of like an old Lang Syne kind of thing with the English with Mayday. How they're like, yeah. oh, well, it kind of sounds like this word. So we'll just say it's Mayday. Mayday, everyone. Mayday. Is that good? <laughs> like just but taking something from somebody else and just like kind of butchering it and being like, they're saying Mayday. It's Mayday. Right. We're good. That's what it is. I looked it up because I thought it was interesting that the that they were going to Israel and it was 1972. So I'm like, wait, when did World War II end? So in 1972, that would have been 27 years since the end of World War II, which if to put it in perspective of today, it, it would be like um, if World War II had ended in 1996 for us today. Okay. So not really that, depending on how old you are, not really that long ago. Mm-hmm. But if you're a, like a little kid, then it would seem like forever right. ago. Um, Like as you mentioned, the 70s were known for disaster films. So you also had Airport, Earthquake, and The Towering Inferno. Gene Wilder was originally cast as... Mm-hmm. James Martin, that was the Red Buttons character, but he dropped out. Burt Lancaster, that you mentioned before, with uh, I believe Shelley Winter, a Shelley Winter's conquest, if you will, that Burt Lancaster turned down the Gene Hackman role. Mm-hmm. Um, parts of this film were filmed on the RMS Queen Mary, which is docked here in the LBC. Oh. oh, and you can like they they always have different events. I'll see different events at the Queen Mary, so it's mm. it's still a thing out here. It is rumored to be haunted. Well, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I remember my friend like Justin. He told me about going like doing a ghost tour and having a weird experience with. And I'm like, I do not want to do a ghost tour of the Queen Mary. That sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm. But they put on a, a lot of different kinds of events and they have like hotels and restaurants and that kind of thing. Um, Gene Hackman. <clears throat> so there was a story of Ben Stiller was in the Royal Tenenbaums with Gene Hackman. And he finally got up the courage to tell Gene Hackman how much he loved the Poseidon adventure. And Gene Hackman was just like, nah, money job. Oh, so he yeah. basically said that they, you know, he took this this part for the money. But I will point out, he still put work in. Like he, Yo, didn't, yes. he didn't phone in his performance at all. So Mm-mm. that was cool. Um, there's a sequel in 1979 called 
beyond the Poseidon adventure. Oh. Where I think they go back to the floating ship and try to like salvage or something. I don't oh. know. Maybe maybe well, like tre- treasure hunters because yeah, there's. I like, mean, there's a lot of interest in sunken ships. Yeah, and I don't even know if in the movie it's sunken. It might still just be flo- <laughs> weirdly floating. I know. I Why know. did it never all go all the way down? That's what I never got. Did they get in? Were they in a tiny submarine sub vessel? Do Sue? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, maybe maybe they were, and they were just on top of the on top. They're like we're, at least they didn't have. Well, then it would have been fine. They didn't have to go that deep. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um. So let's see. The book, the author of the book, he was inspired by his own experience being on an ocean liner. And oh. the ocean liner, he was in the dining room and the ocean liner was actually hit by a very large wave. And just the tables and everything, you know, went Don't all like around. That. And he was like... But then, and then also, there's the true story of the ship, the Queen Mary. Which wait, is this the same one? Because parts of this were filmed, the Queen Mary. So yeah, this is the same ship that's docked in the LBC. The true story, like before it was docked in the LBC, they had the Queen Mary was used in World War Two. And it was full of American troops who were bound yes. for Europe. Mm-hmm. And it was hit by a rogue wave in the North Atlantic. And they said that if the ship had rolled just five more inches, it would have capsized like the Poseidon Ooh. adventure or Poseidon <laughs> adventure, like the Poseidon. And a whole it was packed because you know the US was getting ready like for this D-Day thing we were about to pop off and all of those I don't know if if any of them had been nerds and knew that they had to get up to where it was one inch and if the Queen Mary had that but yeah if it had just rotated five more inches that would have been the tipping point Damn, wild so those were the, my tasty titties. Well, this has been the Poseidon Adventure. And it was fun to re relook at it. It's fun to watch for the first time. And yes. it really moves for a film that... I mean, they get right to action. Yeah. 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 No wasted celluloid on this one. Well, next week... We are going to go to 2006. Oh, okay. 2006. It seems so... Oh, that's so weird. I've been listening... I was listening to playlists of indie rock from 2006. And there's like a Cold War Kids that specifically mentions like... Like the year two, remember the year 2006? And the year 2006 was when I started like the job where I still am. And so, and that was the year that I started playing drums. So I was like randomly listening to playlists of 2006. So this is wild right now. This is wild because I was fluctuating. But last week we lost a, a comedy actor legend, Alan Arkin. 
Enough and, with the chicken? <laughs> yeah. And so this is one of my favorite Alan Arkin films. Mm-hmm. 2006, uh, the running time is one hour and 41 minutes. I think it's mm-hmm. one of two movies. It had a uh, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. We can watch it on Max, Hulu, and Amazon Prime. And it has Alan Arkin in it. Well, it's it's one of two movies that I'm thinking of. So I'm going to go with, is it Little Miss Sunshine? That was going to be my guess. But I only heard 2006, but I don't know who's in. I don't know actors' names. It's a... That's yeah, a good one. It is a good one. It's a family situation, and we're all going to be a family situation next month. Um, and we will be able next week to do this, I think. Everybody's able to do it on uh, July 16th. Um, then I we- screwed it all up. So we'll figure it out. You you didn't screw it you up. You didn't. I thought we weren't podcasting next week. So I am working Sunday. Okay, no problem. No problem. We'll figure it out. We will figure it out. And we will be with you when we are with you next. It will be Little Miss Sunshine. Alan Arkin is fabulous in it. But so is everybody else. Greg Kinnear, Tony Collette, oh, Abigail yeah, Tony Breslin. Collette. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed oh, the Poseidon Adventure. And we'll uh, see you next. Uh, listen to you next. You'll hear us next time. <laughs> 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 there you go, listeners. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.